Welcome to Stories with Soul. I am your host, Jamie Ice, musician turned entrepreneur and co-founder of 6th Ave Homes and 6th Ave Storytelling. Over the past 10 years, I have launched multiple successful businesses and have become obsessed with all things entrepreneurship and marketing. I've been on a personal quest to unpack what it takes to make and grow a great brand. One thing that I've discovered is that stories are powerful and that storytelling has the power to set a brand apart. Join me as I dive into the stories of the heavy-hitting leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, and business owners in our community to hear their biggest wins, greatest losses, and their best business secrets. There's a story behind every great brand. Welcome to Stories with Soul. Stories with Soul is brought to you by my company, 6th Ave Storytelling. In 2020, we launched a marketing company on a mission to encourage entrepreneurship and make starting and growing a small business easier than ever before. Since then, we have helped hundreds of small businesses and entrepreneurs grow their brands by giving them the tools, resources, strategy, and support they need to craft and share their stories. If you are thinking about launching and growing your own brand, schedule a meetup with me today. I would love to talk to you. Head over to 6thAvStorytelling.com and let me show you how the storytelling approach can transform your marketing strategy. This episode is sponsored in part by Pre-Kindle, the platform designed to empower event creators to develop the best experiences possible for their communities. Did you know that Pre-Kindle was actually founded in DFW and is still headquarters in Dallas? Well, now you do. We love local businesses and Pre-Kindle is one of the best. With a best-in-class platform of features, no long-term contracts, low service fees, responsive mobile-friendly event pages, and friendly and attentive support, Pre-Kindle is my personal favorite ticketing and marketing platform for any event. Anytime I'm planning something with my band, Green River Ordinance, Pre-Kindle is our go-to platform to use. With an impressive roster of event creators, menus, and entertainment destinations across the nation, Pre-Kindle's hands down the best. In DFW alone, they've partnered with incredible spaces like the Granada Theater, Panther Island Pavilion, the Kessler, Will Rogers Coliseum, the Fort Worth Modern, Tulips, Rizzo Theater, and more. If you have been to an event or venue in DFW, I promise you have likely been using Pre-Kindle and you didn't even know it. Beyond ticketing, Pre-Kindle also helps automatically promote your event. With over 500,000 subscribers in North Texas, in partnerships with event discovery sites like Bands in Town, Spotify, Google, they're set up to also help you spread the word. So go to prekindle.com, that's P-R-E-K-I-N-D-L-E.com and click Get Started to begin using the platform. They are on a mission to bring your event to life. Welcome to Stories with Soul. I am your host, Jamie Ice. Uh, I have a very, very special guest today, Alex Snodgrass. I am so pumped you are here. I'm happy to be you here. Have, Thanks for having you me. Have, you have built a massive, crazy, cool brand. So I'm going to read your bio real quick. Go for in, it. In front of you. I, <laughs> I warned you about that. Uh, Alex Nagres is a recipe developer, food stylist, health enthusiast, and founder of the popular blog and social media outlet, The Defined Dish. Her first book, The Defined Dish, and her second book, The Comfortable Kitchen, were both instant New York Times bestsellers. Like They like debuted on, on the charts, right? Yes, that's, they did. That's pretty freaking cool. <laughs> Uh, her recipes use nourishing ingredients and are known for being simple, easy, and full of flavor. In 2018, she was recognized as the finalist in the prestigious Savor Magazine Blog Awards in the category of Most Inspired Weeknight Meals. I can say that's true. You win that in my house as well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
<laughs> a graduate of Texas Christian University. That's what, that's what you hear. Go, Go Frogs. Fort Worth Connection. You're in yes. Dallas, but ties to Fort Worth. Lots of ties. Uh, you live in, live, in, live in Dallas with her, with her husband and two young daughters. How, how old are your kids? Uh, Sutton is nine and Winnie is seven. Oh, man. We're going to talk about them here a little bit. <laughs> she's been featured in Forbes, USA Today, Magnolia Journal. She's appeared on Good Morning America. She recently launched, like literally this last week, last week <laughs> side dish, which is, uh, it's, it, what's, what's the, the, it's a multi-purpose salad dressing, a multi-purpose, but what's the, fr- <laughs> like the term, every, like the, it's a consumer good. Oh, it's like a CPG brand. CPG. Yeah. That, I was kept reading about it. And I was like, it's CPG. Yes. A, new word for me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is a, a salad dressing collection, multi-purpose salad dressing, dressing collection. Um, which which launched last week, and that's going to be in stores. Uh, that's that's a big it's a big deal, and they're all Whole Thirty approved. Uh, two of them are. One of them's paleo because it has honey in it. Okay. Yes. Okay, but it's it's da- all dairy free, paleo friendly, preservative free. Yes, all good uh, ingredients. And th- that's sort of a new a new a big new baby. A big new baby. <laughs> so I am I am so excited you're here. I I think where I want to where I want to start out, and, and one of, one of the things that is so interesting to me is I feel like. Like you, your brand has become almost like synonymous with like a slang term in the house. Almost like, like, can I get a Coke? You don't really mean a Coke. Like it's so, you know, So if you're in the the South, it's like Coke. And so I I feel like at least in my bubble, it's like, what do we have tonight? Oh, it's defined dish. I love that. It's a defined. (laughs) I like like, your bubble. Like it's a thing. It's it's like yeah. oh you know this is a Costco size water cup. It's not. I didn't really yeah. get this at Costco, but it, like that's the yes, slang. Yes, I get what you mean. Yeah, like it's such a phenomenon. Like that's just like I I was I told you I was in a on vacation this over the weekend mm-hmm. and came back last night and and my f- friend the other dad I was with was like who you know talking about the podcast and who's coming up and I was like oh Alex Notgrass she has the defined he was like that's what we eat at my house every night my wife's always <laughs> i feel I like it. if you're in my like sort of this oh i don't know i don't know who your demographic is but in my world it's literally like well i'm glad to be part of your dinner table that, that's really the whole purpose of it all but so. do you feel like it's a thing in the way that like coke is this thing it's like we're going i don't to think it. i realized i was as big as coca-cola but <laughs> i feel like um, it, do you do you get that at all like no i mean i definitely do especially like in our bubbles around the metroplex i feel like even more so uh people have caught along got on the defined dish trade and i love it um I, my goal is to make weeknight cooking and just cooking for your family and just getting dinner on the table easier and um i can see i can see that by meeting people all over, they say the same thing. They're like, "Oh, I eat your food all the time, every night," and, that um, and that's really the goal. It <laughs> wasn't like a thing, like the sort of healthy but good and savory, and yeah, it, you ta- you tapped into something really special, and unique, you. and then like dominated it. Oh, thank you. Did you did you set out, like what? When you started this, when you started, like, like, did you set out to make a brand like this? Like, did you know, you... it's kind of an evolution of sorts. But, you know, when I first started, it was like, okay, I needed something. I thought this would be a fun hobby for me. I was kind of in the throes of um, right after I had Sutton, I was just kind of having postpartum anxiety. Like, what am I doing with my life? Um, and so it was a really good stepping stone for me to just kind of have a creative outlet. Thought mm. it would be fun. Like, maybe this could be a thing. 
then kind of fast forward two years. It was like a side. It was a side hustle. It was like this is just total side hustle, a, hustle. or a hobby. It probably wasn't even hustle at the time. Yeah, it was no. There was no. Well, was there? There's no money being made. Okay. Let's just say we were in the red because I was spending more money on groceries than anybody was looking at my blog. But <laughs> I think um, like two years in, my sister and I had originally started together as a food and fitness blog. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it's called the Defined Dish. Um, but she, we kind of were just doing it as more of a side hobby and both were still doing other things. And, um, I realized I really like this. This has given me a lot of joy. I have a lot of passion for it. I think if I like really figured out how to take better photos and, mm-hmm. you know, get the website looking better, cause it was horrible at the time. Um, potentially this could be a thing. Mm-hmm. And so a I really, thing, a co- thing meaning like I could make a business, a business, but I no, but no, I like could potentially make this a business, but no global like ambitions to take over. No, I wasn't trying to take over the world, the world, <laughs> Okay, but it, this could be a business because people, because yes. people, were, I was just like, maybe I could create an income doing what I okay. love. And, and people were like, I like, I like the dishes you're making. And- yeah. The people that were, uh, you know, familiar with me and my recipes, which was really just like, you know, college friends that told their college friends, it was kind of, you know, mm-hmm. word gets out. It was all word of mouth. I had a very small audience, but I knew people were having success with the recipes and they were enjoying them. Mm-hmm. But the problem was, is my food photos were trash. It looked like I was in a, a dungeon taking photos <laughs> okay. of food. And, and, you know, there's just such an art to it to bring that appeal to a wider audience to, um, if you, if they're not familiar with you to see it on Pinterest and be like, Oh, that looks appetizing. I really want to make this recipe. Um, and there's, there's, you know, all the little things that you can do better to make your website perform, you know, more efficiently. So but you were, okay, I wrote it. You, you were a history and political science major. Yes. So not marketing, not <laughs> no. graphic design or photography or any of that stuff. No, just a self-promoter. <laughs> were you, were you a self-promoter? Like, or like, did no. you like. No, I just honestly love food and I love okay. cooking. Like, I think but that's you, really the root of it. But you had to learn, like you said, photography and were you, did you make oh, your yes. own website? This episode is brought to you by my good friends at Visit Fort Worth. Visit Fort Worth is the official destination marketing organization of the 13 largest city, and I would say the greatest city in the United States, dedicated to promoting Fort Worth as a premier business and leisure destination with thriving centers of creativity, culture, and commerce. Visit Fort Worth is the parent organization of the Fort Worth Herd, the Fort Worth Film Commission, Fort Worth Sports Commission, Visita Fort Worth, and Music Initiative Here Fort Worth. They are doing a lot of amazing things. For more information on Visit Fort Worth, head over to visitfortworth.com and follow them on social at Visit Fort Worth. This episode is sponsored by the Fort Worth Business Press. As a Fort Worth entrepreneur and small business owner, the Business Press is my favorite source for news and updates about the entrepreneurial community in and around Fort Worth. I read their email newsletter literally every day. It's always full of insights and stories that really matter. Are you ready to be more connected? Sign up for their free newsletter at fortworthbusinesspress.com. But if you're like me and the newsletter just isn't enough, you can become an insider. With the code STORYTELLING10, all one word, you'll get a discount on the insider membership. Insiders receive exclusive access to special content, 24 issues of the business press delivered to your door each year, and discounts on event registrations and more. Join me and the Forward Business Press in staying up to date on the people, companies, and issues that matter most to Fort Worth. Um, you hired No, me? I did not build my own website. That's where I draw the line. But... Um, you know, with WordPress, you can really kind of create something tweak, tweak pretty. Things. Yeah, you can 
you have a baseline. And then I brought um, like a web developer on to kind of help me clean it up and organize mm-hmm. it the way I wanted to. And I had like a branding done for just like my original logo and those t- types of things. So but that no, was really all I put money no, into. No one taught you that. No, I, and that's the beauty about YouTube these days. You can learn to take better food photos really quickly. There's a lot of like online ways to do it. Now I outsource all those things and have like mm-hmm. a food photographer that I, I send my recipes to. I just take a picture with my phone and she shoots recipes. We can get to all that fun stuff Oh, later. she like makes the dish? Yeah. And she shoots it for me. Oh, It's really? like all outsourced. So that's I used to do that all. I Up until really last year around this time, I would shoot all my own recipes. But then I realized so I could you bought be a camera? spinning. Yeah, I have a nice camera. Okay. I, shoot, I did the whole So you, kit bought, and you bought a camera and you were like making recipes and throwing it on the blog and throwing yep. it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And and then it kind of grew into this. Yeah, and then the books came and then everything, you know, kind of evolved. And I realized I could be doing things more efficiently, like outsourcing photography. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth every penny. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> and yeah. she lives in the UK. Totally random. Oh, that is super random. <laughs> yeah. So you literally say, I have a new recipe. So I basically, we have a whole system. I sent her, I put it like in a spreadsheet. Here's I'm like, here's the like. link to the recipe. Here's like just how I played it so that you can play it similarly where it's not like yeah. where she's just reading a recipe and like, wait, how does she want it styled? Um, so she can see those two things and then I'll give her any notes like, hey, will you, you know, make sure the sauce is peeking on the side. So that really kind of shows or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and then she runs with it. You know, at first it was kind of like her getting to know my style and whatnot, but now I send her the recipes and she And what a crazy thing that you so have well. your own style, like food yeah. style. Yeah. I have a food stylist photographer and she, uh-huh. name's Sasha. She lives in the UK and she's phenomenal. That's, <laughs> so what, I, I think the other thing that's interesting about your, your journey and, and store, like the, the books, the books I'm assuming was the, was the, the moment it kind of. That I realized like, wow, I really have something. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> yeah. like, so like, you when when you have a book you have authority like now there's this real thing and mm-hmm. people are buying it and I'm on the uh, but I think what's interesting about your story and journey is is like when you think about cookbooks at least traditionally it's generally like a chef yes. or someone that's had a restaurant or someone that has yep. has you know and and you kind of came at it from this blog world (laughs) and had anybody ever done that yes i and you know it's becoming very very prevalent now but at the time i feel like it was just starting to become more popular and um publishers were having good luck with it but also really bad luck with it and sometimes it just didn't translate and so i remember going through that negotiation process and them being like hopefully this is a win but you know, we just want to sell at least this amount. And mm-hmm. I squashed that number by a long shot. <laughs> really? how, how Can I ask you how many books you've, you've sold? Uh, my first book, we've sold over 200,000. Wow. Uh, my second book, over like 150. That's so crazy. So, That's so um, many people. Lots of, yes, people love the books. And I think the, the difference is, is, you know, we all, I think people love cookbooks in general, right. if you're a, a, someone that loves food. But there's the books that you collect that you love that sit on the shelves and you still, you know, admire them and might mm-hmm. want to flip through. But with my first book, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not like a famous chef, so I don't really have that. Um, I don't have that option to just like be a book on someone's shelves. Like it needs like, it's to gotta be, be good. a cookable, awesome book that people can really use every night of the week, just like my blog. So I was like, mm-hmm. it really needs to be, I don't need to overthink this. I need it to make it an extension of my blog to where it is your, you know, 
everyday weeknight dinners. And so um, I did what I did best on the blog and I just put it in book format and obviously put a lot more blood, sweat and tears into it. And um, it did, worked Did it worked you out. Did you have like, I think I read that you were approached by a publishing company, right? Yes. Um, at that time I was doing so many Whole30 recipes. Okay. And um, the publisher that did the Whole30 books approached me. I now work with a different publisher. On and, but had, had you, did you have an ambition to have a book? Like I did. You did. So you're like, I, I actually, wanted this thing. So probably like a year before that, I was like, I really want to do a cookbook one day. Um, but I didn't know really what to do, where to start. Mm. And at that point I didn't have like, now I have like a manager and some other things that really help you, guide me whenever I... Do you have a manager? Do you have an agent? Is there an agent? Uh, that... She's kind of is an agent okay. in a way. Um, a P, I, have a, a I have a literary agent and I have a manager and I have Katie. Okay. Those are kind of like my, my three biggies. Okay. Um, and then I outsource things like my food photography and things like that to help kind of build the team from a wider point of view. Yeah, but, but that's a small team for as, oh, yeah. as big of, or a, small and mighty. <laughs> of a footprint as, as you have. Like, yeah. So, a, so, so you said, I want to do a book. I said, okay. And so then I kind of started to ask friends and family that, you know, might know something just kind of like my uncle who just is one of those kind of catch all people. I was like, how can I write a book? He's like, well, you could self publish, you could publish. So I was just kind of exploring options mm -hmm. and thinking about it and looking into it. And then I got approached very soon after, mm -hmm. um, about doing a book. So it all kind of fell into place. And when that happened, magically. like... Did they email you or call you? Or? Um, she called me. It was actually the uh, literary agent for kind of some of the Whole30 realm books mm -hmm. um, and asked me if I was interested in doing the next Whole30 endorsed book. And I was like, absolutely. How do we how do we talk about this more? And so the rest was kind of history. And did you anticipate it, be, it being as big like the success of that like was, I mean, by then you know, I didn't think it was going to be that big. <laughs> you had a following. You had like, yeah. you had a big, you had a big following. Yeah. Your, your blog. I'm assuming lots of people go into the blogs. Yes. But then for someone to buy this, like in books for are sure. like, like I never sold anything like other than like doing some Instagram ads and stuff that like weren't my own, just like things that I endorse. But mm -hmm. I mean, this is like my first, my, my first thing to present to my community and say, Hey, if you love my recipes, you're going to love this book. Mm -hmm. And they all went and supported me. I have a, such an amazing community. And then I think from there, it was just word of mouth and, um, the accessibility of cooking those recipes. Like you said, they're just easy to make meals that everyone I can think, cook. Do you think it's cause it's easy? Like, cause I, I, I think about like, we have, I don't know how many cookbooks I have in my house. Most of them are on a shelf. Yours literally like sits by our, yeah, stove and I was looking at it last she, night. She's meant to cook. And it's like kind of, there's like stains on it and stuff. Yes, for sure. I love, I love a messy book. Yeah, but like there's something, there's something that happened with yours where it's like people just latched on to it. I think the difference, I think my recipes are healthy, but they're not like rabbit food. I think mm -hmm. all of our lives we've grown up around either like really unhealthy food that's super comforting yeah. or we have like the really light salads and yeah, stuff. And so you Which, tapped into this niche. I'm like, well, let's bake the things that we all love. That, I mean, I'm just one of those people that, I mean, probably it's the Texan in me. I want to feel full whenever I'm done eating. Yeah. Like I don't, Amen to that, yeah. I don't like a little stomach growl after I'm done eating. So I really like to feel full. I really like to be like slammed with flavor. I don't like a boring meal. It's mm. a problem. I can't eat anything that doesn't taste fantastic or else I didn't eat. Um, and so I wanted to create these recipes that were, you know, 
I have kids. I I want I don't want them to take forever. I do love, you know, taking a Sunday to like make a bolognese that's gonna stew for four hours. But for the mm. most part, I'm like everybody else. I'm like, okay, I don't want to dirty up that many dishes. I don't yeah. want to do, you know, all the things that are stressful about cooking. So how can I get those big flavors and make it healthier and make it cozy and comforting? <laughs> and that was a niche. And no, like yeah. nobody, I, I, I may be naive in saying nobody. Yeah, was there's that. other people out there. But, but but you kind of like tapped into this thing that just resonated. Like mm-hmm. it, it just re- resonated with people. Um, I remember my wife is probably going to kill me for telling this story. But I, I we were, <laughs> the first time I, I heard your name, we were at... Um, I think it was at Fortress Festival, which was like this oh, yeah. Fort Worth music festival. Yes. I was like, that's Alex Snodgrass. She's, she's this Instagram food person. And yeah. I, was like, I was like, go say hi. And she's like, no. <laughs> she's like, she doesn't know me. <laughs> Did I just, she? No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> I'm the person that's always like, go, go say hi. Like, yeah, yeah. I'll go talk to, to whoever. But that was the first time. And then shortly thereafter, I, I think that was, before, that was definitely before the book came out. And then uh, Kristen Kilpatrick was my neighbor. Oh, nice. Uh, the couple, they literally lived down the cul-de-sac from me. And Love I mean, it. she was, I remember she was posting pictures, I guess, shooting for the the, mm-hmm. the book. Yeah. And so I, I kind of like, anyways, and then, and then it became this, this, this thing that really res- resonated. Can you, okay, let's talk, let's talk about just like your, your background. You're from Salina. Yes. Which is a small, you know, it's co- close to Dallas. It's, it's almost. Yeah, it's close enough. It's small almost, town, city conveniences. But it's still, <laughs> but it's still kind of a small town. Yeah. And you, like, did, were you cooking? Your, your mom cooked a lot is, is what I. Well, Salina is close to Dallas, but it's okay. not like close enough to where you're just like going to go grab dinner, you mm. know? Like, it's like a, oh, we're going to drive to Dallas And there's not a Dallas ton of Frisco. restaurants in Salina, I'm assuming. No, we had, like, Burger Vixens and Jimbo's. It was, like, more like a lunch <laughs> thing or if you wanted pizza. So, so growing up, it was just, like, I just grew up around home cooking. Yeah. So, I think for me... Were you a picky eater as a kid or did you like no, everything? No, I think my parents, now looking back at it, they were the picky ones. I just ate their food. But uh-huh. my mom was a very good cook. Still is. Um, and... She just always was making home-cooked meals. And so I just kind of grew up with that. And so when I got to college and then I was eating out all the time, that was just so not normal for me. It was fun for a minute. And then I was like, I just want to like be at home. Okay. So you didn't, you you weren't weren't used to eating out all the time. No, not at all. And it's just, I, I am a homebody too at my core. And that's probably from being from a small town too. Mm -hmm. And I would just be like, I just don't want to have to go out to get my food. Like I want to be able to make something simple here. So I started really cooking my sophomore year of college because... In your, were you in a dorm? Well, not my freshman year. That was okay. dorm. So I was eating out all the time. Yeah, sophomore year, like you're in a house or apartment or yes, something. Yes, we I was in an apartment. So okay. I kind of started to cook in my apartment. And then by my junior year, I was in a house. And then I really started to cook. I would go grocery shopping every week. I'd make stuff for my, me and my roommates. And when your friends or roommates come over, like... Yeah, my roommates got to heat all the things. And so then like after college... I, and were you following recipes or were you making stuff up? Both. I was, okay. I would call my mom. Like, I remember my sophomore year, I would call my mom be like, all right, how do you make your chili? And she would just be like, you know, mom say like, okay, well, first take a can of tomato, can uh-huh. <laughs> diced tomatoes. Like, just, I'd be like writing it down. And so I'd kind of like loosely take what I watched her doing, loosely take what she told me. And then eventually I'd kind of start developing my own flavors. But mm-hmm. then also I was watching a lot of Food Network, huge fan of Ina Garten. And so okay. I feel like she also taught me a lot about cooking. Um, during so if I ever got really adventurous and I was like oh let's tonight I'm gonna make like a nice dinner mm-hmm. um I remember at one point in college making like 
uh, this like lobster paella. That was oh like way, gosh, yeah. I bit off way more than I could chew, but it was one of her recipes. I followed it. It was like one of those really fancy meals. Like the first time I really That's made something intense for a college kid. super yeah. bougie. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was, it was really fun. And so I was always experimenting. And was it like a dinner party? Was it like yeah, come I over remember, and kind of dress up? Yeah, and... uh, we, yeah, just kind of had everyone over for some lobster paella. Uh-huh, casual. <laughs> it's a great recipe. Um, so I remember doing some of those things like that, but for the most part, I was like making a big pot of chili or mm-hmm. you know making a quick stir fry and things of that nature. Take me. Can you can you take me into your personality a little bit? Like how your brain. Like, are you? <laughs> So I, my my assumption is you're you're one of two things. You're either I follow directions to the T and I'm very detailed, or you're like screw the directions. <laughs> Katie's over there laughing. I'm very not detail oriented. Okay, so you're like forget the forget the directions. Yeah, like I can I can go. Right I'm gonna make my own thing. Yes, so for you're sure. like a pinch of this and a yes. And so it's definitely been a learning curve for me, especially with like my first book. It's like I went from blog writing recipes, and I'd be like, oh, that was probably like a tablespoon. <laughs> And working with my editor and him being like, like half an onion. What do you mean half an onion? Like you need to measure this or be like half of a small onion. Oh, thinly, yeah. There's like a lot finely of diced. half like, an onion can mean and, a bunch of different and things. And diced is a really broad term too. Is it diced fine? Is it diced medium? Are okay. you dicing it large? Like, because if you tell uh, someone that's never cooked before to dice onion to go in a meatball, for example. Okay. And they dice it big. It's going to be a porcupine meatball. Okay. Interesting. So like, <laughs> you really kind of have to think about like, and then someone that's more, you know, knows what they're doing in the kitchen would be like, I obviously need to dice this really small. Yeah. But it's just one of those things as someone who loves cooking and wasn't really, you know, a, a recipe developer by like trade and no one ever taught me. Your I was recipe, really recipe developer is different than you're making a great meal. You're like, now yeah. you got to. Yes. Give and people so instructions. I really learned how to, with my first book, properly write a recipe and be super detailed. Um, and now I'm very detailed with my recipes. And so I feel like with my first book and now with my blog recipes, there's way less room for error. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you, you live, you learn on that one. But yes, I'm not detail oriented. So not, not detailed. And you kind of, you're creative, I'm assuming. Yes. Because you're like, I'm trying things. Yes. And... I would assume you're patient because cooking takes a long time. Yeah, I think I'm pretty patient. Like you have you have the the patience to sit and yeah. But I'm I'm really um, not a huge baker, so that's where my patience kind of stops. Not a baker because baking is is a different beast. Right? Yeah, too scientific for me. Okay, is it really? <laughs> so that's too yeah. many too many details. Yeah, like sometimes I'm in the mood for it, but I have to like know when um, baking is in is in my in my mood. <laughs> okay, so but pa- but patient enough to like. And yeah, then, and then, for sure, and trial and error things, and be like, okay, this is really good, but next time I could do it this way, and it could be better. And so to do to be that, you you can't care that much if it if it goes wrong. If you're experimenting and yeah, and that's I think the problem with so many like new home cooks too. I think mm-hmm. they have things go wrong in the kitchen. We all do. I do, and I think that they're just like, oh, I'm a bad cook. And it's like, even if you're following a recipe and you are not familiar with like the stove and the temperatures that your stove mm-hmm. works with, and like. Just in general, I think cooking is one of those trial and error things that you really have to like get that feel down and you have to be willing to not have the perfect meal sometimes and have a big flop and be like, okay, I know why this went wrong. It's because this said to do room temperature eggs and like I went straight out the fridge, maybe. And there's that, 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 like that makes a big difference. Well, that would be a baking, but not in savory cooking. I am not detailed enough to do. No. Even if I'm following your directions, it's like hard for me because I just, 
you want to riff? Like, yeah, my, I'm not allowed in our house to like, because I don't measure. Go on a whim. I just like start going to town. Yeah. Um. But so were you, so were you like like, I don't know if experimenting is is the is the word like. Yeah. Well, I think. Were you like, when, like I have an idea? I think it's multiple things. I think one, I w- I did a, my first whole thirty. And this is after the baby. You had, you had, this is after the baby, after kind of the blog got started. Okay. But like somewhere in the middle before I turned it into a business. Okay. So you're, you're, I'm like one year in. One year, one year in. Playing with my hobby. So you're making recipes. (laughs) Uh, But I did my first whole 30. I was, you know, like I said, I was kind of struggling with anxiety. And my sister had done a whole 30 because, like I said, she was a personal trainer and she would always do that kind of stuff. And she was like, I feel really good. My mental clarity is amazing. I really Mm. think you should try this. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a go. And, you know, after a couple of days of like doing grilled chicken and broccoli or like cauliflower rice, yeah. fine. But three days in, I was like, I You're need, bored. I You're need bored. something fun. Uh-huh. I need to be wild with flavor. So it was like, I could probably make a soup that's pretty similar to gumbo, you know? And like, it's not going to be a traditional roux, but I could probably use this new thing I've discovered called arrowroot flour and like... Okay make the soup thicker where yeah. it has the looks like a gumbo, acts like a gumbo, <laughs> walks like a gumbo. <laughs> but e- but even, is it really a gumbo? But even to make a gumbo, that's a pretty like adventurous so like, meal. So it's like, I, I realize I'm like, well, there's a will, there's a way. You can really, and it, and it could be inspired by a gumbo and you can make these flavors that come into play into this Whole30 world that doesn't necessarily have to be... Um, you know, there's always the authentic way of making something mm-hmm. um, that still stands alone and is the best. But there's also really fun ways to make it that are, you know, quicker, easier, and just as delicious. And I feel like I realized that doing my first whole 30, it was like, I really had a craving for X. So I'm going to try to make it and let's mm-hmm. see how close I can get. So it kind of became this like fun little cat and mouse game that and- I played with myself. Are you a small business owner or an entrepreneur? Do you do marketing for a small business? If so, I have something that I want to give you and it's totally for free. We've put together a free resource at 6fstorytelling.com slash download. And it's the secrets, it's the tips, it's the tricks, it's the tools of the trade. It's literally everything we do at 6F Storytelling to help small businesses grow. Go download it today at 6fstorytelling.com slash download. This episode of Stories with Soul is brought to you by TCU Neely Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. They're ranked as one of the top entrepreneurship programs in the country, and they live by the Neely promise to unleash human potential with leadership at the core and innovation in our spirit. The Institute has recently launched the Horn Frog Investment Network, which leverages the expertise and experience of entrepreneurs, business leaders, and investment professionals. They source, evaluate, and invest in the next generation of innovators. Crazy cool. And as an entrepreneur myself, I know the importance of finding great help. It can truly make or break your business. Luckily, as Forward Entrepreneurs, we have access to some of the top up-and-coming minds in the nation. If you're a business looking for talented students and interns, visit the Neely School of Business website to learn more about the Entrepreneurial Intern Scholars Program. They're actively looking for placements for their incredible students. They're doing amazing things, and it's exciting to see the next generation of entrepreneurs grow and flourish right here in our city. And was uh, was Clayton your husband? Was he doing Whole Thirty with you? Um, he's never done a full Whole Thirty. He okay. Usually, it's like a two week thirtyer. <laughs> okay. 
So was he like when when you were like I'm doing this thing? But he's always like, oh, this is great. Like he's he's like my little Gordon Ramsay at the house. Like he's really honest and. Will he shoot you straight if it's? Oh not yeah, able. and my kids too. I've got three of them now. Yeah, they have. Um, they don't hold back. No, oh, you have three. So, you have three kids. Well, no, but oh, he's, oh, he's him, one. Yeah, he's my big bit. Two big and baby. one. I, I get you. <laughs> <laughs> but being able to like kind of cook something and be like, all right, now I know this isn't the real deal, but tell me what you think. Yeah. Um, or just, you know, playing with new flavors too, like seeing what you have in your, I think the whole thing of creating recipes is either you're inspired by something that you've already had, or you're inspired by the ingredients that you have on hand Mm -hmm. or ingredients that are in season or, you know, things that you've traveled and explored and new flavors and cuisine. So I feel like food is art. You're constantly being inspired by the things that you're around. And, um, that's really where the inspiration for my recipes comes from. It's from everywhere. <laughs> so, you, so you were doing the whole 30 and you just gumbo. You said, I'm going to make a gumbo. Yes. <laughs> that was one of my first things I remember doing and then you, being that, like, Whoa, I crushed it. <laughs> and so yeah, that you, you said I crushed it. So that kind yeah. of unlocked. It was like yeah, a challenge. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, it, was, it became this fun, like challenge to be like, and you're documenting it kind of Yes, and I think that's like people would be like, oh, this these are these Whole30 recipes. But I think that's the beauty about my recipes too. A lot of people have never even done a Whole30 before they love mm-hmm. my recipes. Have you done a Whole30? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. I did like a miserable Whole30. <laughs> did you eat grilled chicken and broccoli? Yes, it was like, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was sad. And yeah. And then we then we discovered. Yeah, and the, then you discovered the world of flavor. <laughs> the world of, the of defined flavor. dish. <laughs> I've done a couple of that. And I eat like... like now we eat like that just ninety percent of the of the time. My, yeah. My uh, my wife has has rheumatoid arthritis RA, and so she yeah. has to eat low inflammation. And Got it. We're gluten free and all that stuff. But now, like the first time, it was miserable because it was literally like yeah chicken. And, and, and I think a lot of times, it, and when I go on my book tours, I hear this. It's like not only do I love your recipes because I yeah. need to eat this way because I have a certain dietary mm-hmm. needs or whatever, but like my husband likes it too. My kids enjoy it. Everyone's happy. So yeah. it's a, it's a triple win for everybody because it's got the big flavor where you don't feel like you're, I, I don't consider it a diet at all. Like yeah. um, it's not, it's I, I just, think it tastes it's like just a real food, real, eating. real food tastes better. Yeah. It tastes way better. Yeah. So okay, take me back to the, so you started a blog and I, I think we have, I think we have this romanticized idea of a, a, a blogger or an influencer. Yes. It, it's, it's not a, all rainbows and butterflies. It's a folks. lot of work. It's actually a real pain in the ass sometimes. Can you just, like, so you, you're, <laughs> no, a, I love it. Um, you're a new mom. You were a new mom. Yeah. So basically I would make the recipes, photograph the recipes, edit the photographs, edit the blog posts, and then get it up. I used to have, I used to have a quicker turnaround because I wasn't planning ahead to like mm-hmm. send it off to go be photographed and all the things. So that was kind of like, and I, I had a goal every week to do at least three new recipes. That and was how, like my how many, consistency. How many hours a week would that take? Um, like that's a full, that's a... Yeah. And I think the other part of it is the social media aspect. The the blog time, I couldn't tell you how many hours that takes. I think it just depends on the recipe and how many tries it took me to get it right. And so all you're, the you're trying the recipe a few different times. Oh, yeah. So you get it wrong sometimes. Oh, and most of the time, I think... I think that's really important as a recipe developer too, is not to just throw a recipe up right after you've done it one time. I think every now and then you're like, bam, I know for sure this is foolproof. It's perfect. But usually there's always something that you could do to make it better or mm-hmm. to tweak it a little bit or... So you're taking the two to three hours, actually go get groceries. And yeah. And I'll hours. kind of, and you know, throughout the week I'll be 
testing-ish okay. the recipe, like just for dinner without shooting it. And then I'll be like, okay, now. So you make the same thing a couple times in a week? Sometimes, okay, yeah. So or it'd be like, like yeah, I would go back and tonight. forth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we would have the same thing a lot of time. And then getting to the point where I'm like, okay, now it's ready to like really write it down mm-hmm. and photograph it and get it up on the blog. And now that's a similar thing to what I'm doing now, but it's like, all right, I'm going to, we're going to get the recipe developed and then we're going to send it off to our girl, Sasha. She's going to photograph it. And then we get it on the blog. We put a lot more work and into SEO ca- and stuff now. Are you writing the captions and stuff? It's Katie and I are the... So you're, you're taking... But in the early days, you're you taking know, pictures. You're, oh, yeah. I did all that. I did soups to nuts. Yes. That's a lot of time and a lot of... Yes, it was a lot. And are you... So one trick pony. <laughs> but people people don't know how much time a lot that, of trick ponies. That, that takes. Like, yeah. No, it's a lot. It's a, I mean, it's a fun job and it's so rewarding and creative. Then people... then. After you put it up, then you see people cook it and tag you in it and you're like, yes. Yeah, that's it's your high so five. It's so exciting. Yeah, it's your high five. Are um, you sitting there? <laughs> tell me, t- take me through your process of like, where do you come up with your ideas? Are you like, I wake up in the morning and I sit and I have a journal and I, this would be a fun idea. That, like a gumbo. Well, I like, think that's what's so different about like if I'm developing a book or if I'm developing For my blog, for the blog, it's kind of like, all right, what's the season? What are people cooking right now? What kind of recipes are we needing to make for next month? Because everything's kind of a month in advance. Are you doing that in an intentional time or does it just happen to come to you at random times? Um, A little bit of both, but it kind of like hones me in on like what kind of content am I looking to develop for this month? And is that... And that helps me kind of focus. Unpack the discipline of that for me because it it sounds organic, but I know... I'm so disciplined. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It is organic for sure. But you're not... It's not like while you're playing with the kids, you probably are like, I'm sitting... I I have a notes app. I just have like notes up on my phone with just... It's like scratch paper, but it's just in my phone. I'm like Uh ideas. Um, And then also for the book, it's different because you're creating a chapter and you want the chapter to flow like... If you have like a certain technique that you did or flavor profile in one recipe, you don't really want to mimic that in a bunch of other ones. So you really kind of have to look. We like put all after I developed the recipes for the book, we pin them up on on a bulletin board and we're like, all right, we've got, you know, a couple spicy dishes. This one is oven roasted. This one's in a skillet. Like what else can we do to like round out this chapter? So Mm -hmm. like I said, like with the blog, you're thinking what are people cooking next month? Like, what can we be delivering to, to help them, you know, make these fun recipes? Um, or, but is is that like, do you do that in the morning? Do you do that at night? Do you do um, that while you're cooking? Sometimes if I'm on a walk, I'm like, Oh, I have a great idea. So is it, is it it just like you, like you're just doing your life and it's just magic popping out? (laughs) Yeah. Just my mind is always, okay. So it's turning about recipe. So you're more of a, like, it just comes to you as you're living life. It's yeah. not like, or, but like I said too, you could be eating dinner at a restaurant and have, you know, a delicious meatball. Then you're like, oh, this is really yummy. Like, how could I make this at home for the home cook and make it easier where it feeds the whole family? So there's mm-hmm. constant inspiration coming in. Yeah. You're jo- picking up the phone and yeah, John, that's John, just John stored in this brain that's not organized and uh-huh. it just flutters around. And then I have but these you're putting things it in that your phone. hone them in. Yes, but then I have these moments that help me hone in, like, okay, uh, what am I developing well, te- this month? Uh, explain one of those, like, what do you do to, to hone it in? Well, it's the, okay, what's next month? It's October. It's soup so, season. There's so football going on. There's game day recipes. Like a month in advance? Yes. Okay. So 
Yeah. So you're sitting down and saying next month is... So basically, Sasha's shooting photos right now that will go up on the blog in November. Okay. So I kind of have to create the... <laughs> we're almost creating the recipes like two months in advance. So do you have like a Thanksgiving menu and everything all kind of... You know, I wish we did. This year, Thanksgiving's taking a backseat because we've got side dish launching. Okay. And I'm working on my third cookbook. Yeah. Okay. So it's been a little busy behind the scenes. My blog is still going. We still got recipes coming out, but they're definitely not being churned out as quickly because, you know, you can only be so many places at once. Mm -hmm. But um, whenever I, whenever the book slows down, the blog recipes will take a front seat again. Yeah. But the book, the book is like, and, and when you got asked to write the book, you like, do you hire a copywriter? Or are you writing everything for that? So like, you have a publisher. A publisher. And they're, they're so helping. they, so basically the whole process is sign, negotiate and sign a deal. Mm -hmm. And then and was that kind of fun negotiating? Like that's the literary agent does thankfully, because yeah. I'd probably do it for free. But, um, you had to <laughs> but you had to educate yourself on all like yes, for royalties sure. and for sure. And you know, my first book deal to my second book deals look night and day different. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, in a lot of good ways. But um I think with the what were we would you ask me again? <laughs> well just like writing a oh, book all the time. Writing a book, yes. Yeah. The process of writing the book. Thank you. Um so you start off, you kind of go like after you sign, it's kind of like, all right, go make the recipes. And you kind of are in the dark for a while. Um, I've been, since May, I'd say, we've been working on the book Hardcore every month. The new one that's coming out. Yes, the, the third book. And have you do, are you allowed to say what that is? Um, I can say a little bit about it, but we okay. don't really have a title nailed nail okay. down with the whole publishing team because everybody has an opinion about uh -huh. the title. Um, but it's um, more of what you guys love. It's like really focused in on simple weeknight dinners okay. um, and like even more focused than the other two. Like the other two have that as a huge emphasis, but this is like, if it can't be done in a skillet and there's multiple things happening at one time, it's not going in this Yeah, book. There's, there's some complicated dishes in the, in the, like. Yeah. And some of the other ones, like yeah. you might have a sauce going over here and one thing going over here. Like simpler. this is like really honed in cool. on making sure that you're not juggling too many weeknight, things. I love that like weeknight dinners. That's a fun phrase. Sure. That's, a, that's one yes. of your. It's I'm a weeknight dinner pro. Um, so long story short, you make the recipes and then afterwards it's the, then you start going into, um, we'll go in January, we'll shoot the whole book. We'll go for about two weeks to a studio, food stylist, photographer, do the whole thing. I don't, that, I don't send this off to my girl in UK. This is yeah. a way bigger production. Um, and then in we'll go into that. editing mode and that will last until about September. And then my book will come out in uh, December cause we'll start, we'll start pre-selling it. Okay. And that determines how much they're going to print. It's the whole process. Wow! And to to like, how many recipes will be in the new book? Or a hundred. And so you're making a hundred dishes. It's in, a lot of cooking in two weeks. I'm on like recipe eighty. How do you do that? <laughs> like, how, how if you're shooting that many and right, like, um, well, so there's a whole team to make that all happen. Yeah. So. Uh, and I have a picture for every recipe. That's a very but that, important But every recipe, aspect. I'm assuming, takes an hour or two hours. Yeah, or... they're about an hour a pop, I'd say. Just Are you depends doing some the at pace. the same time? Um, so basically, the food stylist kind of runs the show at a cookbook shoot. Mm -hmm. um, like Kristen, my photographer, who you mm -hmm. just mentioned, um, she'll be set up and she'll be uh, changing lighting for, for each recipe or anything that needs to be changed. Like if we're like, oh, this one kind of you want it to feel like a warm summer night when you're about to have <laughs> dinner and she'll kind of change the lighting for that yeah. while the food stylist 
is cooking the recipe. He, he plates it and gets it all set up mm-hmm. and does all that. But the food stylist has an assistant, potentially two. I'm not sure how this one, this will be my first time working with him. I've worked with him on side dish stuff, but um, I've always shot it in my house. And I realized that it was just so much stress and so much chaos and such all these people uh, are in your disaster. House. I mean, yeah. it was so much fun, but there's yeah. just food flying everywhere. And it's just, People do it in studios for a mm-hmm. reason. <laughs> so the first two books were done in, in your house? Yes. That's a, that's a yes. fun And the first anecdote. book was literally just Kristen and I. I cooked every single recipe. I styled every single recipe. I've used all my own food props and Kristen photographed it wow. in a window with no special lighting. And people loved it. And we knocked it. it out of the park. And people loved it. <laughs> yes, we did. But it was it was a lot. And so then the second book, I hired a food stylist, realized the magic of having a food stylist on hand. What a hand. weird job. <laughs> Yeah, and, but you <laughs> know what? You get that? They work their butts off. Oh, I mean, sure. they have to make all and they. Do you know the term mise en place? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> they yeah. mise en place the crap out of yeah. everything. I mean, there's just it's hard. stuff. Pre, they'll basically start prepping like a week before or four days before at least on the recipes that they'll work on for the week. We'll reset that weekend. They'll probably mise all weekend, mm-hmm. and then that way That's we can hit the ground your, Getting running. all the little things ready. And getting in all the little place. things ready so that it can come together quicker. Making all the sauces ahead of time. Making anything that just like needs to be done ahead yeah. of time so that the recipes come together pretty quickly. Yeah, it's it's so I'm a, I'm a like photography is like a, a hobby of mine. I yeah. love it. Want to be a photographer. Um, and then I had a restaurant for for a while, and so yeah. I would do the pictures, and it was re- like it's even hard shooting, shooting food. a burger is so hard. I know because it, it just doesn't look the way that you want it to no, sometimes. And you got to like, gussy it up. Getting up on top of the tape, <laughs> like it was so. So I understand. Yeah, that sounds like a silly thing, like when mm-hmm. you hear like a food stylist. But I also wonder, like. It's like curling in the Olympics. It's like, yeah. how did you discover that's your thing? I know. Like, I'm really good at I know. Yeah. shaping. Like, them. yeah, where, where'd you get there? I know. It's. I think a lot of people kind of start off in like photo shoots for things and then they realize, oh, this is a, uh, this is a yeah. career. I also realized this is another fun curling position uh-huh. is there's recipe testers. Oh. I send all what? my recipes to an official recipe tester every time I make a recipe. And they tell you it's good or bad? Oh, they give me feedback. They're like, hey, you said, you I'll know, five. A, to... I'll be a recipe tester. <laughs> so this girl gets paid. So basically I send her the recipe and there's like, I'll send stuff to like my sister, my mom, my friends to uh, test it. Yeah. But they'll just tell me it tastes good. Yeah. This girl will be like, you said five minutes aside. Mine was really six minutes aside. Oh, okay. Like down to the nitty gritty. That's, hel- that's helpful. Fe- like, oh, yeah. Helpful feedback is, is oh, helpful. Like nitty gritty feedback. And so like she really times it and like yeah. treats it like, a job because it is her job. Yeah, what a fun, um, what an interesting job. Yeah, and so job. she'll also edit. She kind of pre-edits before we even send it to our editor too. So it's nice to have another set of eyes. So another great job out there, folks. If yeah. you're looking for something, I'm sure some of your <laughs> followers would be like, send me, send oh, me yeah. for that. No, and I do send. I have a whole list of recipe testers that I send it to after my official recipe tester approves everything. Okay, That's so fun. it's a thing. It's when, a process. When your first book came out and it it went. It was on the on New York Times. Like, can you walk through the moment? Like, were you oh nervous gosh. the night before? Were you like, well, so you, my, pre, you knew the pre-sales. Yes. Right? My editor at the time um, was like, your pre-sales are amazing. Like, they're definitely in the ballpark to be a New York Times bestseller. But the New York Times bestseller list is like one of those things that we just like don't really know how it works. And sometimes you just don't get on it. And it just depends yeah. on the book. And it's kind of like this weird Thing that they can't quite put their finger on. 
So he kind of prepped me that I wasn't going to be on it, basically. And so when I got the email from him, it was just like, you're on the list. I was getting ready for my first book tour event in Dallas that so night. So you're doing a book tour and that's, that's... I was doing my book tour event that night. Um, and it was just me and the girls. And I just started screaming. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they were like, what are we screaming about? And they were all excited too. And then what are we there was tears. <laughs> and I told them they had no clue what a New York Times bestseller yeah. was. But I was like, this is a really big deal for mommy. And I was so excited. It was a, a moment I'll never, ever forget. So. Did you go buy it? My own book? Yeah. Of course. I went to like... Where'd the, you go? Where'd well, you go buy it? Well, it was so it? crazy because the first book I like kept going to buy it and they were it was sold out everywhere. Nuh-uh. Like I went to like four stores before I could find it. it Are was you serious? Nuts. What a good feeling. <laughs> I know. I was like, did what they a- stock it or is it sold out? They were like, no, everyone's come in. It's sold and out. And you, were you like, this is my book? I was like... Did you they, tell them? Yeah. Clay, my husband was like, it's her book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's fine. So where'd you finally get it at? Do you remember? I can't remember where we ended up. I, I think we went up to the Barnes and Noble by where we live now and yeah. ended up finding like their last copy. Um, and you so handed it, was, it to the, they handed it to the girl. Yeah. Did she make the connection? She like. No, because I wasn't, I wasn't on the cover of my first book. So okay, I was just like beaming at my first book, Uh huh. you know, gotta, gotta sell it to myself. And how, and how was the first book tour? The first book tour, I'm amazing. assuming, is different than the second book. Well, that was book. another thing. I didn't know if anyone was going to show up. Like, yeah. And it was all my events got sold out. Everyone came. On the first one, all the events got sold out? Mm-hmm. Wow. That second one, too. People are... Why do you, are, why do you think it was? I have such a good community. I mean, I don't know. I wish I knew, but... Was it um, because of Instagram? Like, Yeah. I mean, definitely the social media aspect is what the connectivity to me and my recipes are. Mm -hmm. And that's how people know the person behind the recipes is through social media. So all social media has its negative components. There's also a great way to connect with people in positive ways. And I feel like at the Defined Dish, um, the community there is all really positive and super supportive of me. Like I'm still blown away by how supportive my community is. And so what do you, what do you do to foster that? Like that doesn't happen on accident. I mean, I think I'm just really intentional about what I put out and how I do it and, um, how I create recipes. I don't just do it to put bells and whistles on things. I'm like, could, is this something that people are going to make in their kitchens and that's going to be successful? Or is this something that looks really cool on paper and there's going to be ticked off when they try to make it at home. I, I, I think just as a spectator, I think some of it too is, is you are, you do a good job inviting people into your kitchen yeah, and into, into the, like, it seems like you're inviting me into the process. Yeah. Yeah. And here's my family and here's, this is my For kitchen. Sure. And like, do you think that's part, like people feel like yeah. they know you? Well, like, yeah. And I think, you know, that was the difference of like when I did kind of turn it into a business. It was right around when Instagram stories came about Mm -hmm. because I could share the behind the scenes. I could share like a little bit more about not only my food, but me, my life, how I create the recipes and just like how much I truly love cooking. You love Um, it. Yeah. And I think when people see that they're inspired to cook too. They're like, Oh, well that looks easy. And She looks like she's having so much fun doing it. I should yeah. do it too. <laughs> and do your do your kids think it's cool? Like, do they know? Like, it, you know, the older seven they get, nine. yes. Now um, they understand, right? Yeah. Um, my older daughter definitely understands a little bit more than my younger one. She also is off on her own planet. That uh-huh. So <laughs> we is that all can't like, figure out. Is that like fourth grade? 
she's yeah my oldest is in fourth and yeah. you know the moms at the school are always like oh i made your you know chicken piccata yeah. last night or whatever so and her teachers cook my recipes so she definitely understands a little bit more and the older that she gets she's she's the one that wants to help me out in the kitchen the most she has like a, mm-hmm. and she's very creative she's got some good good ideas too in the kitchen with flavors and stuff and really great feedback so when sometimes we'll make like stuff and we'll be like, well, we got to see what Sutton thinks whenever uh-huh. she gets home because She's your critic. she really does have a good palate and, um, enjoys and then, being a she part like, of it. She likes getting up there and helping you, helping you do it. For sure. That's And cool. she like, she came to a couple of my book tour events, but she like hangs on to every word and actually listens and is proud daughter in the front row and my other daughter's like off playing in the corner with They're, any other kid she can find. Yeah. So the first book tour was a success and then the most recent looked like it was like Yeah, for sure. Huge. They were both the, about the same amount of people, people like, are like same lined up and Hoorah, yeah. Was that weird? Was that was there a moment like was that weird for you it's going still from weird. like <laughs> Like do people come up cuz I'm sure I'm assuming like you it's have It's like I'm so grateful for because I put so much time and energy in creating the recipe so to see that people Mm-hmm. Not only care about the recipes, but about me and like are there to support me is um, truly amazing. And it makes me want to like as soon as you think you're too tired to make more recipes, you go and do this book tour and then you're like, all right, I'm ready to make I'll more recipes. Yes. But it's 700,000 people are following you. Yeah. It's a lot of people. That's okay. I did this. I had another like person who has a blog and we were talking, talking about her followers, but that's the equivalent of like the city of Seattle or the city of Denver. It's more people the more people <laughs> more people than live in Nashville, Oklahoma City, Washington DC or Portland. Yeah. It's like a giant It is a giant community. Is that trippy? Yeah, it is kind of trippy <laughs> when you put it that way. <laughs> and you what, what I think is so cool is you didn't set out to like that wasn't that wasn't No, and I think that's the other thing with like social media is like it it could be a numbers game and you can always get more likes and more followers or it can yeah. be a community building game. Yeah, and, and I you, think and for you me, want it to it's be like a community. A hundred percent. I'm serving I'd these be, people. I would rather stay at where I am or where I was after book one and have the a loyal, amazing, supportive community rather than have a community that's like just kind of there looking at what you're doing and not really um a part of it, I guess. Yeah. Do um I rem- like with music, I would, people would always come up and be like, Hey, like one, one of the funny things about music is that I always be like, my brother's in a band. <laughs> yeah. My sister's in a band. Yeah. Or I wrote this or I play guitar. Like, yeah, they're like, want to meet you. And then they want to like tell you, yeah, the people sure. come up to you and, are, and they're like, check out, I have this recipe idea. Yeah. That happens sometimes. Does that happen sometimes? Yep. That does. Um, or like you know, someone that's, you know, creating their own business and that realm, which I love hearing about because I mean, I started in the same position, but yeah, there's always like recipe, recipe ideas getting emailed to us. Is there? Yeah. Okay. And I'm assuming you have some like super fans that engage a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have the ones that like I recognize always and, um, get to, it's, it's really fun to meet those in person because I'm like, Oh, I know your Instagram handle. I feel like we know each other. We're like, Insta friends. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, there's some lo- very loyal super fans out there for sure. And so was it, it, it was, it was before the book, was it before the book that you felt like this is a big deal? This is real. The people, people like it. What, what was the moment where you felt like this is, this is a thing and I'm really good at this and this is, this is success. Like, I mean, honestly, my first book, I was just like, that, that was the moment. Yeah. I was just like, okay, like, there's no this isn't back. just 
a blog. I not that just a blog is a bad thing because I mean it's a, it was a great business in itself. But yeah. I just realized like this people showed up for me. I I was just blown away. I, I was my, just I like, is calling. this real life? Like yeah. I can't believe that this is even happening. So um, the fact that it was a bestseller and that that many people showed up was um, mind blowing. And was there, was there any big lessons learned of like, cause now, cause you're scaling it to now it's a bigger thing. You, 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 you talked about the difference between like the first book was just me and Kristen in, in my house and yeah. now I have this, what, what were some of the things you had to do to scale the business or any yeah. lessons learned? Like I made, I made this big mistake. I mean, I think there's so many things I think, you know, when you get, when you're a biz, a big business like that, there's a lot of growing pains. And, um, uh, for me, it's like, I could be doing things more efficiently. I could be taking the weight off my shoulder so that I can continue to produce content and, mm-hmm. and new recipes because otherwise you just get so drained. You can't even be creative anymore. Was that hard for you to delegate and bring in people? Like- yeah, for sure. Um, Katie was my angel <laughs> from heaven because I was getting to the point where I was just like, I am so tired. I yeah. don't have the capacity to run the day-to-day operations of all this and try to keep this going to where people want to keep making these recipes mm-hmm. and can, and I can continue to create them for people to cook. I mean, it's just, there's just no way to do both. Yeah. Um, so having someone to really be able to navigate that with me is, is essential. And then also kind of realizing along the way that there's other things that I could be doing. There's always something that you could be doing more efficiently and yeah. kind of realizing along the way and being able to, you know, let go of some of the stuff that I've always done in house and be like, all right, it's time to let this go out. And the more that I let things go, the more I realize why haven't, why didn't I do this sooner? (laughs) You know? And I realized I could, I could be running like a well, a better oiled machine. Um, and then also it's just, you know, there's a lot of legalities and the partnerships and all these things that I do and, and contracts and books and having people that I trust behind me. That's a good lawyer. uh, I do. Um, and I have a great manager and, um, it's just kind of, that's been a journey too. And kind of like finding someone that was a good fit for me and someone I felt really safe with as well. Mm -hmm. So, and what is, what does the man, like a manager do in your, in this So she handles every, she lives in LA and she handles all of my like partnerships. Okay. So I work with like Maiden and all these amazing brands. Mm -hmm. Um, and she negotiates those partnerships and, um, kind of organizes them to be like, all right, this is, these are your deliverables to how you're going to work with them. Yeah. Um, so that's really fun. And she knows that I'm like a no BS. Like I, I like to work with the brands that I love and yeah, I'm stuff you believe in. Yes, exactly. And you know, that's been one of those things that you learn along the way too. It's like, you could talk about everything, even if you like, there's so many things that I love that I could talk about, but it's like, what makes sense for this community and this page. And that's kind of something that I've had to, play with here and there and been like, you know what? That didn't really feel authentic to me to talk about this right here, even though I really do like this product. So let's not do any more of those types of uh, partnerships anymore. And that's been um, a learning curve for me too. But now we're like, we're very high and tight. We are no BS anymore. And um, I'm grateful that I am able to do that. I'm going to be very selective about the brands. Oh yeah. We say a lot of no's, a lot of no's. And I'm grateful that I'm able to say a lot of no's and I have so many great partnerships um, in place that are like long-term partnerships. In line with that, can you talk like, what are all the revenue streams? Like you, you Um, have, it's a lot of different ones. So there's the partnerships. That's probably my 
biggest earner for me. That's your biggest. Oh, really? Yeah. So a brand saying we're going to pay you to use this and create content around it. Yes. Okay. Um, There's that component. There's the website ad revenue. And you Um, have ads running on on the website. Yeah, there's that that as well. Um, And then there's my cookbook revenue. Uh And... Oh yeah, hopefully side dish because I put a lot of money in that. <laughs> okay, yeah, we haven't even gotten to that yet. <laughs> that's a that's a self funded investment. Now we're waiting. So, hopefully so be- it'll... before before side, let's talk, let's talk, talk about side. But your revenue streams are the cookbook, paid partnerships, and, and the blog sponsorships, and, and then the blog, the revenue yeah. from. And then if I that. do events and stuff like that's kind of lumps into paid partnerships yeah. as well. I usually like we'll do, you know, speaking endeavors and anything like that, and um, those are most of the time paid. But you never had a product. You never had a story you ne- other than the book. No. And so Side Dish is like, I need a product now because I'm this, I'm this Coca-Cola brand. <laughs> gotta, I'm going to put that. Coca-Cola. So to well, uh, unpack, unpack Side Dish. Like how did that, yeah. how did that happen? Okay. So this is actually it? kind of a fun story. So first of all, two parts. Um, I had had an opportunity with a brand to do like a line through them years ago. Okay. and. Long story short, it didn't end up happening for multiple reasons. But also I realized during that time, it was like, I hopefully one day could do this on my own and have more control over what ingredients go into Mm. it and how the flavors turn out and not get get a crappy deal. Uh, Yes and no. There was multiple reasons, but we won't get into that. We won't get into that. Um, (laughs) But long story short, also when you work with a brand like that, they take you get royalties off of how much you sell. And honestly, in my particular situation, I was going to make pennies and they were going to make lots of money off of my product. And I was like, this is kind of BS. Like I feel like I can make a really great product that's going to sell really well. And I'd rather just do it hopefully one day on my own because I wanted to do that. Because for me, like we've talked about a million times, getting dinner on the table more easily for people and having that big flavor and having those real ingredients is what I'm all about. So to be able to have either a sauce or a dressing or a spice blend to help that all come together more more easily is important. So I was on a podcast also years ago, kind of around that time that that partnership went to caboots. Um, so you're thinking about this in the back of your mind. Yeah. And I was, like, I was like, this is something I want to do, but not right now. Like, yeah. I, I mean, it would have to be a self-funded thing. I don't know how to yeah. start a CPG company. And so I was like, I need we'll just sit back on this one. And Clayton and my husband and I were like, one day, hopefully we'll be able to do this. And so I was on a podcast with James Bashira. He um, has been kind of an angel investor in a lot of stuff. He's done a bunch of different startups. Um, And long story short, he, after his podcast, he called me and he was like, you know, if you ever want, if you ever get to the place where you want to start your own brand, I'd love to do it in partnership with you. I can help you on the back end of yeah. e-commerce. And the sh- I mean, there's so much that goes into it from shipping to manufacturing to, to retail strategy and yeah. so much. So long story short, um, I knew he was the perfect partner for what I wanted to do. I trust mm-hmm. him fully. He's so amazing, like such a genuine, uh, like beautiful person. And, and he went to TCU? His right? wife did. His wife did. Okay. TCU So connection. he kind of found about out about me through her. Okay. And I knew her. She was a year older than me, but not very well. But that's why he had asked me to be on his podcast. So when we connected in person um, and he kind of was watching my brand grow, he was like, 
hey, about that brand, we can do it together. Mm -hmm. So um, long story short, I knew he was the perfect person to do it with. And that way I've literally had full control over the flavors, the ingredients, the everything. Um, and you knew what you want to do, like a dressing? Well, so then it was like, what I knew I wanted like some sort of sauce yeah. and, um, but also salad dress. I, it's a multi-person salad dressing because it's really some of our sauces, but they're really just a really good. You can condiment. cook with it too. You, you can, can cook with most of them. Yeah. Yes. Um, so there, there's more flavors to come out, but, um, I just wanted to have something where people had that tool to be like, oh, I can use this, um, creamy sesame to make a really great salad that's mm -hmm. kind of like got a peanut dressing on it or I could use it to make a really awesome noodle stir fry or if you've ever made my hibachi um, chicken with magic mustard sauce from my first book have you ever done that one by any chance probably it's a very popular one um, it really kind of is a the creamy sesame is like that too so you can kind of do like you a can, chicken stir fry and put dip it in, it in put that it, yeah. It, yeah but it also I've made it to where it doesn't have it's not heavy on the mustard you would just need to add that dried mustard powder to your yeah. stir fry to make that flavor happen um, but there's gonna be lots of recipes on the side dish website to where people have these tools on the, in their hands and they can make these like 20 minute meals come together faster, it's already done. that are epic. I mean, the flavors are big, they're bold. They're just like my recipes. And like, I am really excited about it because as a consumer, there's a lot, of, there's becoming more and more, um, products that are clean ingredients, but the flavors just aren't really wowing me. They're good, yeah. but I just wanted that, like that wow factor. Yeah. So I, so did you, so do you, did you, did you have the recipes for those already? Um, yes and no. You have to really change things a lot to make them shelf stable. And you have to figure, yeah, shelf stable. And then like, what's the nutrition you have to, how do you, how do you even figure out like the calories and the, so, you know, I'm not a calorie counter, so that's not something that was important for me. But to have something on the shelf, you have to like, yeah, someone, it has has that to, on there. someone yeah. has to measure that. Yes. Yes. So there's the food science team at the manufacturer that we are working with that, um, a, make sure that they're shelf-stable mm -hmm. and safe and foods. They do all the food safety how stuff. Did you, did you come up with a recipe and then say, scientists figure out how So to, basically, <laughs> long, long story short, like I sent off recipe. I, I was naive in knowing how this yeah. works, like how I would make it for you to make it. Yeah. And then they tried to food scientist and it was ugh, terrible. Okay. I was like, what is this flavor? It tastes <laughs> so they like trash. send it back to you. Yeah. They're like, well, this is, you know, your recipe. And so long story short. it's got to sit on a shelf. Yeah, it has to sit. And so... Also, it has to be Whole30 and a lot of shelf-stable products have those preservatives in them to keep yeah. them shelf-stable. So you have to, the reason to keep them Whole30 and Paleo, it's a pH science thing. Okay. And so you really have to get the pH right to yeah. make it be shelf-stable. Fascinating. So long story short, we were going back and forth. He was mailing me what my, from my recipe and they just weren't tasting right. So flew to said manufacturer food laboratory <laughs> to the food science guy <laughs> food science and we guy. just did it in the kitchen together and that helped me understand more of like developing future recipes yeah. um what works and what doesn't and you know i've been trying so hard to make like the caesar salad dressing work just doesn't bottle right Mm. So it's just one of those things right now until I figure it out, it's going to be homemade yeah, you, for, because you're, for me you're, and the Defined Dish community. And that's where I'm like, I'm not willing to sacrifice something just because I know it's going to sell. If your name is on flavor. it, you yeah. want it to be great. Oh, this should have launched uh, over a year ago. Oh, really? But because I'm such a psycho okay. <laughs> about the flavor, we are here over two years later, but it's popping and, and then you I'm out, pumped about these you flavors. bottles and like the packages. The, the branding, the whole thing. I mean, we had to like, 
we had to go through the, the process of making sure that yes, cool. and um, with side dish trying to make sure that that was you know trademarked to to our salad dressing mm-hmm. line. It's a great name, by the way. Thank you. Uh, we went through a lot of variations of using defined and dish, and like all of them were already trademarked. <laughs> I'm surprised side dish. No one has done Couldn't that. Believe Why it. has no one done that? Couldn't believe it's it. Such a, it's such a um, so yeah. Here we are, and um, I'm super. Everywhere we we've Where landed. Get Where can you get it? It's at? taken a lot of, um, right now only online. Only online. Getsidedish.com. Okay. It's direct to consumer. We're talking with some retail right now, um, but again, there's a lot that goes into that. You can't just like be like, you know what? I want to be in Target tomorrow, and like yeah. you have to have um, a lot of things in place to make that operate efficiently. And is there like someone that uh, like going back to n- the nutrition and stuff? Like you, you have to get it approved. To like sell something that's a food item? Yeah, I think it's all like it's food safety. And I don't really know that's something that the (laughs) manufacturer does. Um, But it's a whole... But you're excited about the flavor. Like this this is what you Like I want to eat it every night. Okay. Like genuinely. Like I'm like, I am tired. I've been making recipes all day. I want and like, I know this sounds like you would have a lot of leftovers, but I usually like divvy them out and... Things get eaten, some things get tossed because they didn't turn out right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the whole thing. So usually at the end of the day, I'm like, I just want like a fast stir fry or a quick salad or, you know, um, with the honey Dijon, I really like it. It's great for sheet pan dinners. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, they're really good. I think people are really going to love them. That's ex- really I'm excited them. for you. And, yeah. and is that, is there going to be, uh, so that you said there's more flavors coming. Yes. And is there any other like products? Um, in the- that's, that's the hope Okay. that we can create a successful business in the salad dressing section yeah, and um, then venture off into, into another things. realm. Yeah. Like canned. I want it to be bigger than salad dressings, but yeah. um, we're going to just take baby start. steps. Yeah. Yes. And um, I'm assuming it's going to crush it. Like, I hope so. It will. I really hope so. I, we put a lot of blood, sweat, energy, and cash into this guy. <laughs> and you you didn't bring on investors. So you did. Um, it's just it. James and Clayton and I right now. So. And, is, and it was expensive. Like, how many do you have to initially order to do it? So like thousands. Um, you have to order like thousand bottles or like yeah, two thousand bottles. It, the whole thing. They we have four thousand of each product right now oh, in storage, <laughs> and they've just done another run of twelve thousand each. So oh my gosh. we have to pay for all those out, up front until like yeah. Be, when you get until the that, business flow starts coming, when you get in that space. Like that's the hardest thing. Yeah, like it's you, a lot. It's expensive. Have you ever read the um? The shoe dog, the Nike story. No, I haven't great, read that one yet. It's a great, like, like, but it, their whole thing was, you know, you have to buy all these shoes and this product, and you wait for it to come, and then you, you, you front all the money. It's like yeah. very cash intensive. To oh, it is, it is for sure. And I know we're just getting started. There's going to be other obstacles along the way with shipping and all this. Everyone's already prepared me for the worst case scenarios. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and you know, if a batch. Did you meet anybody? Spoils or anything. It's just, that's our money down the drain. Did you meet anybody in that space that has done that? Um, Well, I've developed a lot of great relationships along the way. Like the Siete Foods team, Mm -hmm. the best people ever. Um, Such a great company. They're in in Austin, right? Yes. And so like whenever I launched, they were like, let us know if you have any questions with shipping, manufacturing. Like we've been through it all. Yeah. Um, I also am an investor in Ranch Rider Spirit. So they, it's not the same realm, but um, they've been through issues where like they had all these cans that like started exploding and lost all that product. So, 
you know, there's all these things that have happened to, to brands that I have good relationships with where they're like, one of these days, something's really going to go wrong. So just call us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good to have those. Yeah, for sure. Uh, can you talk about your family just a little bit? Like how do you practical things you do to like to balance it? Cause, cause I like being an entrepreneur, being, you're always on, you're yeah. always thinking about it. Like, for it sure. falls, like it's hard to clock out. How do you, how do you balance? Yeah. All of I this? think, um, it's a constant struggle with trying to figure out how to balance things. And I think each year I get better and then worse in some ways. Um, but I think before it was always trying to balance social media and I've really got myself in a much better headspace there and realized like, it's not worth my emotional and mental space to just constantly be checked in there and perform all the time mm -hmm. whenever I really need to just like take care of myself and my family and then yeah. save that energy for whenever I do feel authentic to show up yeah. and be on there um, from a better space. So I feel like I've gotten better at, at the social media game for sure. Um, but all the other stuff working behind the scenes is a lot, especially with this new business that we're working on. Um, but I think at the end of the day, when my kids get home from school, Katie usually knows it's pretty much time for us to pack up. And like, while we might still go to our respective homes to like yeah. get work done and stuff, like it's going to start being a slow trickle after about mm -hmm. three thirty or four o'clock because do you have an homework. office or do you work at home? We just work in my kitchen. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> it's a really great office. Yeah. I have an office in my house, but we you're don't working in your work kitchen. in there like ever. So laptops um, are out while you're cooking and doing it. Like, exactly. Okay. Exactly. That's, that's, that's the vision. That's the, that's what it looks like. But, um, you know, really at the end of the day, I got to like help my daughter with homework and do all the things and, um, I put a big emphasis on dinner time and making sure Clayton's home so that we can all have dinner together. Yeah. And so really and what just is, what kind of Clayton having do? that. He is um, in real estate development. Real estate, okay. Yeah, land development. So um, yeah, I think it's just making the time and making sure that you have these things that are consistent in your family's lives. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I still am like the be all person for everybody in my family. I think yeah. most parents are and um it's it can be overwhelming but <laughs> to do to to be like the front of defined dish and then also you know the person of the family but i have such a, an amazing community amazing husband my mother-in-law is super helpful like if my mom on my book tour she fills in i have okay, a great nanny helpful. so like i have a great community to support me it takes help yes to do, oh my gosh to and to be able to know that you can't do it all yeah. is like an essential to I think any entrepreneurs being <laughs> and your your um your kitchen like is the one that we see on yep that's like, it did you design like are there lights in there like is it no but there's a huge window did you design that it that has to, like, a lot of natural light but yes we did have in mind with this new kitchen like all right for filming we want this nice light so let's position the counter to be like, it's like facing like, that okay yeah so, so there yeah. was some intentionality there there was yeah. there was for sure that's fun. Um, one of the things I was wondering is, is why do you not have a TV show? Is that on the horizon? You know, it's... Is that, have you, I'm assuming people have knocked on your door. We've had some conversations about okay. potentially doing TV. And I would love to if it's like the right thing. thing. You know, I think kind of going back to social media, you can always do more. And yeah. there's like right now, like with the TikTok world, it's like more is more. You can scream at the camera and like throw your pizza in people's 
face, you know. Um, <laughs> throw your but pizza. I, I you don't, you don't like, seem like a throw your pizza at people's no, face person. No, and like I think that's the I think that's what's different about. I feel like sometimes my brain can be more of the old school like Food Network style and yeah. a little bit more slow paced and calm. Um, and I don't know that that's really popular right now. So I I don't know. We'll see. I'm open to TV if it's the right. Um, if it's the right show and right it's something thing. where I can really share my recipes and not get super weird with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any, like, either as your family or with the company, like core values or missions or just things that you say a lot? I know, I know you said, like, you know, food is art and food should bring your joy. But is there any other, like, just values? Yeah. I think at the end of the day, like, with Defined Dish at my core cooking is like a huge part of who I am. Like without that, I would not be myself. I would be very sad. And, um, if I do this so much and work myself to the ground and don't love it anymore, then all is lost for me. And in a lot more ways than just my business, it's like, you know, just me as a person, as a mom and like, as every, like just food defines me in a lot of ways. So making sure that I love it throughout all this. I'm going to cry now (laughs) is super important to me because it really is a huge part of me. I know I'm really emotional. (laughs) I've never cried this much on a podcast. Wow. Um, But But I think that just speaks to your spirit. Like you do it because you love it. You're not doing it because it makes you money. (laughs) Um, But anyways, I really love it. And I want to make sure that that's a priority always. So that was the core. Um, And then of course, like, because food is such a big part of my life, I want to make sure I think it being around the table at the end of the day with your family is like so important. It's like where you can connect at the end of the day, where you can unwind and just be present. And that's how I grew up. And, um, I want to instill that in my children so that they can bring their family one day, hopefully around the table and make sure that they set that, um, intention and importance at the end of the day, because even though we, we don't do it every night. I mean, that would be unrealistic to like sit around the table yeah, every single night. Yeah. Like, of course we love going out to eat and we have other social obligations and school functions and all the things, but really just making that a priority is so important. Um, and so we really put, I try to put an emphasis on that. And so side dishes kind of motto is for around the table with the ones you love, like in the middle of our logo, it says that. And so I'm really hopeful to carry on that intention to people as they get this in their home and around yeah. their tables. So yeah, I think part of like boohoo. I needed to cry or something. No, that was that was. Good. But I, I think like I've I've kind of pushed you on some of the business stuff. But every it all comes back to you. I want flavors that are bold, and I want it to be easy, like easy, yeah. and like you love it. Yeah, and I think that's what well, why it's been so successful. Like yeah, there's an authenticity. Just sitting here, getting to hear your story, like there's an authenticity of like you love it. I do. That's why you're emotional. Like, well, and it's just so easy to get caught up in the keeping up with the Joneses with social media and stuff. And I think it's just so important that you know, as all these creators are getting into this world, and there's just so much going on, and every business can operate in a really big capacity on social media now, and just really realizing, like, at your core, what what's important to you, and um, if you're really living you know, that truth and not getting away from it just because there's so much going on all the time is, is really important. So what do you do to stay grounded? Like and healthy mentally, emotionally, 
physically? Like, do you have any, any routines or things yeah. like I mean, working out is a huge part of it. Eating healthy is a huge part of it. Making sure I have that time with my family at the end of the day is a, so the is end a of the day with the too. family is, is important. It's a big one. Um, and then, um, I mean, I usually work out in the mornings. Are you a morning person or a night person? I'm a big morning person. What's, what's your, what does your morning routine look like? Um, well, I wake up like around like five forty-five, six. Okay, early. Make myself a cup of coffee, pack lunches, get the kids breakfast on the table, mm-hmm. and then um, start getting them ready. And then I'm usually off for workout around like when our nanny arrives, like seven forty-five. Yeah, I go to workout, and then come back, and we hit the ground running pretty soon after that. Mm-hmm. Usually, I'll stop by the grocery store on the way home, uh, depending on the day of the week, and we'll start cooking. And start working or doing whatever we need to do for the day until yeah. the kids get home from school and crash our work party. Until <laughs> <laughs> they crash the work party. Yeah, they come in hot. Was there any um, books or resources or pop, like podcasts or anything that, that, were, that were instrumental? Like book, like this book was really pivotal or helpful in my journey um, or this person even like. Well, I think at the end of the day, what I've realized the most pivotal people in my journey have been like my mom and my mother-in-law and my husband. Um, Mm. They've been super supportive and really helpful in making sure that everything behind the scenes and family life runs smoothly. Um, And then, oops, sorry. As far as a book goes, I read one one time whenever I was really struggling with anxiety, I read this book called Many Lives, Many Masters, and I really enjoyed that book at the time. Many Lives, Many Masters. Yeah. It was a very interesting book. And what is that about? Um, it's kind of about life and death and like a really weird, unique perspective of it. So I, I would butcher it if I tried to explain okay. it. It's been a really long time since I yeah. read it, but at the time it was something that, um, just made me a little bit less fearful mm. about death, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you. It's really dark. I'm going to cry again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but you, 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 I'm, I'm like, it's interesting mm-hmm. how you talk about that because you don't seem like someone that has a lot of fear. You seem very like adventurous in what you have done and what you I, do. Yeah, and... I have a lot of fear to other senses. I'm I'm definitely like a worrier. You're um, a worrier. I am really okay. Yeah, and um, I think also for me as like a young mom, I struggled with the oh my gosh, I've got these kids, I got to keep alive, and like this is just all too much. And so I went through a pretty big spell of struggling with anxiety and just, it was really all fear-based, just mm-hmm. unrational fears. What'd you do too. to combat that? Like a lot of things, um, you know, trying to find a bit healthier routine for myself. It's really like when I found whole 30 eating and clean eating, um, working out more consistently, being more present, getting more sleep. I mean, just basic needs basically that we all mm-hmm. sometimes forget to do because we're just, Going yeah. all the time. <laughs> and so part part of like the defined dish journey is, is what you put in your body affects. Yeah. That and honestly, well. finding, starting the defined dish and finding that joy there was. You found a your big, thing. Yeah, yeah. I found my thing. I wasn't flailing, looking for where I really belonged anymore. If you could go back uh, to your younger self, maybe in college or at like, is there any advice that you would say, you know, to yeah. yourself 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And I'd still tell myself this last year. Um, quit worrying <laughs> so much about what other people think. I think that quit is Quit worrying one, about what other people think. Yeah. I think I sometimes um, become a people pleaser just because I want everybody to be happy. It's just my nature. And having a platform like I do, it's impossible to be a people pleaser. 
because everyone has an opinion. Yeah. And yeah. you can't possibly make every single person happy and you're mm -hmm. not for everybody. And so that's been a really good lesson in life for me. Honestly, I think it's, I think it's part of my destiny to have this, um, this role and this position is to make me a stronger and better person in that sense, because I think it's yeah. really important that if you are living your truth and you are, you know, being authentic and you know, at the end of the day, like who you are at the core, someone can't tell you otherwise. Whereas before, I think I would let someone try to tell me who I really was. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, I you, know who I am and I know I'm a good those, person you've those boundaries. and I might make mistakes, but at the yeah. end of the day, nobody can tell me that I'm like, an evil person. <laughs> and are you speaking specifically to like haters online kind of thing? Well, or? Yeah. I just think like, you know, there's just so much expectations uh, with having a platform that I sometimes I just can't live up to and yeah. I just can't be everything for everybody. And that's what I've, I've learned along the way for yeah. sure. Good. It, 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 people love to throw rocks at shiny things. Yeah. It? The Taylor Swift quote. <laughs> that's quote. true. But when you have like people, everyone's a critic, everyone. And if you do something meaningful, people are going to, you're putting yourself out there. There's yeah. a vulnerability. And I think at the end of the day, most people see the intention behind it and um, see who I am at the core. So, yeah. you know, I would say some like people 99% kind of, of people. And some people pop in and out on Instagram and they say these things and they haven't even been around to like see who you are and yeah. they make assumptions off of one, you know, yeah. thing or the other. But um, for the most part, people are pretty nice online. But don't worry <laughs> what people think. That's, that's, yeah, I think that's really that's important. Good. I mean, you can go back to your high school self, your, last year or whatever and I can always tell myself that one um okay a few quick questions what is you're you're not gonna like this I don't think but do you have a favorite recipe like this is nope. like my thing nope, I'm most not proud answering of. that one no no, no you, delete that question what is the because they're all like your babies <laughs> they really are and I have so many now like and I am so proud of all of them and, um, I'm assuming I mean, your newest one is also probably your favorite at the time too. Yeah. I think it just kind of all ebbs and flows. I really love my second cookbook because that's a, a lot of the ways that I genuinely cook at home. Yeah. Um, it might take a little bit more time and be a little bit more cumbersome than like my first book and then my soon to be third. But, um, I like all the recipes a lot. What's the one you make the most at home? Like, is there one that your kids love? My kids love this. And so um, I make well, it all the time. Winnie's all about like salmon recipes. So she oh, really cool. likes the salmon fish taco bowls. I do those and uh -huh. and we can kind of all build our bowl. Um, and then Sutton from my first book loves the chicken parmesan, the grain-free okay. chicken parmesan. Yeah, that's her favorite. That. That's a, that's that's a, a classic. One. People really like that she one. She loves that. Um, and then Clayton's all over the board. Um, from the last book, the Vietnamese-inspired shaking beef salad. It's one of my personal uh -huh. favorites if I'm going to maybe pick oh, okay you <laughs> you're getting a little bit out <laughs> this of is me your favorite recipe yeah. um yeah but those, that's a few i really like the salmon al pastor i love the szechuan spicy fish i have a lot of faves do you have a regret it like i regret this one um yeah, maybe well, not in the books but okay. maybe like <laughs> okay this one is bittersweet blog, because this blog. is still one of my absolute favorite recipes okay the paleo pigs in a blanket are epic but they're very uh they're not foolproof they they're hard to do there, it's a paleo dough that you have to roll them in, and they're like they're little they're little weenies. You gotta roll uh -huh. them, and the dough is. A lot of people have had problems with it. Okay, so that one, um, people struggle with. So I, I hate that it doesn't work for everybody because I literally tested that recipe like eighty times. Yeah, like you have no idea how long Maybe it took it's me to user, get right. User and error. I thought I had it. Yeah, it's definitely the user. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it's just one of those recipes that's just a little bit fickle. Um, so anywho, that's the. 
That's what I don't regret it because I still make them all the time. Yeah. But I regret putting it in the book. I should have just put it on the blog so I could have more like, yeah. here's the here's what will happen if you have come across this. I can leave more notes. Yeah, and the blog you can go like back that. and tweak if you needed yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Book, the book, and no when people have errors on those more cumbersome recipes that are a little um, trickier, I can put kind of those. Um, here's here's how to here's how to help help you if you run across this error or whatever. Do you have a meal that is like this? This was just a magical moment. One of my favorite meals I've ever had, whether on a date or with friends or a, someone's birthday or like yeah, just a favorite like top. Two meals. Oh, you know, man. One or two um, meals. I'm trying to think. It's like at this I, restaurant. I have, and- yeah. I mean, I feel like the first time my family took me to Italy, like just eating like a classic pasta with Pomodoro sauce on it, I was like, how is this so delicious? And yeah. it's just like tomatoes and basil. Um, I feel like that was like a big eye opener for me with food. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so simple, but just the ingredients are perfect. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then, um, Trying to think any other ones that really come at the top of my head. Whenever we went to Mexico, Mexico City, I had a lot of really great, great meals that I was inspired by. I love the big, bold flavors of Mexico City and yeah. they got really good food. So what's your favorite city to visit? Ooh, that's a toughie. Um Hanalei, Hawaii is our favorite right now. Oh, we really? go for the summer with the family. We've done the last two summers and we plan on going again this cool. summer. But it's just a really good place for my husband and I to really check out and just kind of forget the world exists and just be with the kids and just relax um, and really unplug. So, what is a uh, favorite meal in Fort Worth? You have one. I'm putting you on the spot there. Okay, so this one is take it or leave it <laughs> <laughs> because I do think the food is. Good, not great, but I love a Joti's moment. Yeah, oh yeah, you know when I come back here, I love going with my friends and going yeah, to Joti's. I so. love, love, love Joti's. Um, so I'm a big Joti's fan until the day I die. It's just fun. The experience, like the margaritas, and yep, it's the whole thing. I love, I love the food. I, I, like you can't. Be... <laughs> I probably will have a better answer once I think about it a little bit more. But what? Um, uh, I'll take it. I'll take that. Yeah. What's um? What's next? I know. I know the new book, new side book. dish. That's next. That's and that's consuming for a while. That's a lot. Yeah, of, it's a big, it's a big undertaking that's a big for sure. Thing. And then what does um, what what does legacy mean to you? You know, ten years from now, twenty years from now, as your kids are older, what what do you want people to have taken away from what you have have done? I your, mean, your kids or your family, your people, your following, your community. I think, you know, what we've talked about is just making people enjoy cooking and. And loving it. It's something that's so small that, you know, should be a part of our everyday lives, but I think has that magic has been lost. So I'm hopeful the more people that I can bring that magic back into their lives, um, I'm happy with. So yeah. Um, and I hope my kids see that that it's it can be something so simple that you can make a huge impact on people's lives. But um I think at the end of the day, I just want my kids to be proud of what I've done and set up and um, and built from nothing and really realize that they can do anything that they set their minds to do at yeah. the end of the day. I think you've done that. I think I think for sure. I think you, <laughs> Thank I you. Think you have done that and are doing that. Yes. Um, I, yeah, even, even just in my family. I mean, it, it's like I, as an entrepreneur who does a lot and juggles a lot and I'm always on the go, it's hard for me to slow down. It's hard for me to be present. I've really 
had to learn the value of like dinner and a meal is not about food. It's mm-hmm. about taking the time to make something and sit down yeah. with these people. It's like, yeah. and I've had to teach myself that and learn that. And, yeah. But, but your, your recipes are a big part of that. And well, so, good. I'm glad to be a part of it. I think you're doing it. Well, I, I appreciate you being on here and sharing your Thank story. Thank you for having me. It's inspiring. It's cool. You're Thank doing you. it. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. Congratulations, you made it all the way to the end. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Stories with Soul. If you enjoyed the interview and like what you heard, please help us out and share, subscribe, and like anywhere you listen to podcasts. When you share and subscribe, it is insanely helpful and allows us to keep producing new episodes. You can always join us directly in the studio by watching the video version on our website, sixthavstorytelling.com. Stories with Soul is brought to you by Six Ave Storytelling, an organic marketing company building standout brands on the foundation of story. You're obsessed with your business and we want to make the world obsessed with it too. Thanks for listening.